0: want to get the edge in your Premier League betting predictions? Pinnacle delves deeper into the data behind all of the Premier League matches every single game week. We combine Pinnacle's sharp betting markets with the game's latest analytical metrics to help you find value in the odds. This is EPL Insights. Welcome to Game Week 11 here for EPL Insights, presented by Pinnacle, Gareth Wheeler, Jake, or Osgothor with you as we dig in to the Premier League for another week of action. As a Manchester United fan, it has been an absolute slog here to start the season. Not a whole lot of fun at all, but this is why sports betting is just so good because while my team continues to lose i continue to make profit another profitable week in game week 10 is one of those things that needed a good bounce back i got one jake and we're moving in the right direction uh, despite my reds continuing to disappoint week in
1: week out yeah they are moving in the wrong direction and very quickly as well um i'm glad about that to be fair because my week was set up to be disastrous um from a profit and loss perspective and obviously i the last game of the weekend, I had Man City win to nil, which was the actually the biggest price we've ever had put up on this show. Three point two three was the biggest price that's ever clicked, and that bailed me out big time um, <laughs> from uh, what would have been a really poor weekend. So I'm happy that United continue to be rubbish, and yeah, read that game right, which yeah can't say for the rest of the week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Other than a couple times, you're like, and heavy touch, go down, son, go down. There there was chances to that. Can, and I was on uh, the over two and a half in both teams to score in that game. Uh, overall, last week, uh, five wins for me. They're all on the plus money side of things. Four losses. The only one that hurt was finally. Finally, Brighton has been absolute cash in terms of playing to the overs, a one-one draw with Fulham. So other than that disappointment last week, Jake, what stood out for from you or for you from the Game Week 10 board?
1: Um just the relentlessness of what I think will start to look like a top three. Um mm-hmm. Arsenal, City and Liverpool. They just won with Ease, didn't they, in those three matches? I know Arsenal playing Sheffield United, you expect them to win that, but they absolutely wiped the floor with them. And Liverpool did the same to, to Nottingham Forest, despite the difficult circumstances off the pitch before kickoff. Um, and yeah, City just, that was a statement win. Uh, and I think the the line on pinnacle about the title, I think City got shorter after that win, um, than, than they were to start the season, I think. So yeah, that, that, that was a bit of a statement where people set up, took notice and thought, right, this is the time to get on board with Pep's team.
0: I, I still notice you are forgetting one team. The side, you mean the at team the top at the top? The table right now. <laughs> Arsenal, Liverpool, City. Well, what about Spurs? Another win. Uh, it was it was Friday night. It came with relative ease as well. It started my week on the wrong foot. As I, I, I think we were both playing to the unders in that game. And IU yeah. scores a goal, and I was come on, man. Come. It was a useless, meaningless goal, but Spurs, another win. So you're continuing to overlook
1: Spurs. How convenient, Jake. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I mean, I, I said it last week. I, I just think that this, the pace that they're, they're going, I don't think they'll be able to sustain it. Um, you know, I think there are a couple of injuries away from a serious, like, you know, not breakdown, but a, a drop off in form. And yeah, they're, they're going to have some, some tough fixtures coming up soon uh most of their tougher games you have to say have come at home so far this season you know they played man united at home they played liverpool at home the only real tough away trip is arsenal which yeah that you know we've talked about that at length where that could have really gone arsenal could have run away with it when they went 2-1 up but for some reason just lapses of concentration so yeah there's there's a lot more tougher tests to come even in the next three matches just look up you've got chelsea at home and again another home game uh, then they've got wolves away we're improving and then they've got villa at home another home game against a good team uh, Man City away. So it could be a case that Spurs are top at Christmas. Everyone's going a bit mental. Uh, and the fixture list obviously flips on its head after that, where they've got all these teams that they played at home. They've got all to play away. Um, and that's where you maybe get dragged in. But yeah, I'm, I'm still not including I'm, I'm still not a believer in the fact that Spurs are going to be contending for the title.
0: Uh, the futures markets available on Pinnacle 25 years of Pinnacle, the best numbers, uh, the, the, the best margins, uh, in market. Uh, pinnacle, make sure that you go there and check out the, uh, the futures betting options. Uh, within that usually is the top scorers option. It's not available as we record this podcast, but when we're looking at the goal scores in the, in the Premier League thus far, Erling Holland leading the way. Uh, Son has been on absolute fire. Callum Wilson, there's, there's some interesting players lurking in behind. I'm not sure if any of them can catch Erling Holland, but we're, we are powered by understat. That's where we get all of our data and provide it to you and and use it on this podcast. Uh, what do you make of the goal scores in comparison to the expected goals? Who may be overachieving? Who may be underachieving? What stands out for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, the main thing to point out first off is that Erling Haaland scored 11 goals in 10 games, and that's around exactly what he was expected to score. So he's finishing it at a, a level we would expect, and ultimately – that is uh, frightening for everyone else in the league because generally the top sco- the top strikers, your Lewandowskis of the world, your Harry Kane's of the world. Harry Kane's probably a little bit of an exception, but your general fox in the box, which Harland is, they generally perform in line with expectation. They don't overperform because they don't really take too many shots from distance or anything like that. They're usually, you know, in that width to the goal headers from close proximity, etc., um, so, yeah, the, the concerning thing is that he has been on the end of that that much XG already this season. And if that continues, he's averaging 1.1 XG per 90. A player of Harland's calibre and, and the, the fact that I've said he's going to hit expectation, he will score an average of one a game if he gets those chances, which means that he's going to run away with the golden boot yet again. Um Yeah, the interesting players in behind, obviously, Salah, who has... Amazing consistency when it comes to scoring goals in the Premier League. He's another one like Haaland where he doesn't overperform massively when it comes to finishing. He just gets in the end of really good chances very often. Um, and the the opposite to that is Hyunmin Son who, uh, if anyone goes onto the Understat website, will see that he's scored eight goals from chances equating to 4.6 expected goals. Um, and you know, people will look at that and go, well, you know, he's running hot, it's unsustainable, he's going to have a cold period. But Hyun Min Son is arguably the best finisher in the entirety of Europe because he breaks the XG models. Um, basically, his accuracy with both feet is what XG can't keep up with. Because when you're talking about building XG models and the parameters that you include, you include strong foot, weak foot. Son doesn't have either. So you're putting down, you know, he's predominantly right foot. So that generally goes down as a strong foot when you're marking that on the uh, as a shot. When he takes his shots with a left foot, they're as, as accurate, as powerful. Um, and that's where he gets his little, his edge. Um, and you know, he's been doing it for years. This is, if it was a flash in the pan one season, then you could point to it and say, right, he's going to drop off. But he's been doing it consistently for, well, since 2014, since he he, is when Understat got the data from. Um, he's scored 122 goals in, in, since 2014 from an XG of 89. So he's overperformed by 33 goals. um, Wow. that oh, level of overperformance would usually be a massive red flag, but the consistency with which he's doing it and the fact that we know that you look at post-shot XG and where he's placing the ball and stuff like that and the power he's hitting the ball with, that that's where he gets his edge um, and why you have to look a little bit further um, for that added context than just the raw XG stats
0: very very interesting still holland the chance generation over four expected goals more than anyone else i mean and, and playing on arguably the top team in the premier league as well uh, puts him in a good position to go on and win the golden boot again maybe a ballon d'or coming his way depending on how things go uh, let's move things forward as per usual our feature 5 we'll dig a little bit deeper into five pre-selected matches this game week. Then we'll go rapid fire for the rest, and we'll share our best bets along the way. And let's kick off with the early game on Saturday. It's 14th place Fulham and 8th uh, place Manchester United. Fulham coming off a 1-1 draw at Brentford, Uh, Sorry, at Brighton. They kept Brighton to just 1.32 XG in that game, which is an accomplishment in its own right. Uh, Polina was outstanding yet again. He scored the equalizer, taking points away from Brighton, and it looked to be a preferable spot. No clean sheets for Fulham, however, in five, and they played to the under two and a half in five of seven. They, like a lot of other teams, play in the Carabao Cup on Wednesday. They play at Ipswich Town. Uh, Diop still really the only significant player. Triore also out. Tete also out. But Diop is really the big miss for Fulham. As for Manchester United, where do I begin? A 3 0 loss against Manchester City. Once again, the press, the reaction is the sky is falling. My question is who actually thought they'd go in and win that game and who actually thought they'd be able to keep it close? I don't think Jake or I were in that category. A controversial penalty in the first half really set things off in the wrong direction. Erling Holland with another brace. Onada made some great saves. In City, a whopping 4.55 expected goals in the game against United. Uh, now, Manchester United in all competitions have lost half, half of their games this season. They played to over two and a half and four or five. They play Newcastle Wednesday in the Carabao Cup, which complicates things even more. The usual suspects, albeit, you know, m- mostly defenders are all still injured. Kobe Maynard will be back this weekend. Casemiro likely won Bisaka back in training. We will see. Head-to-head, a late Garnacho winner right before the World Cup last season gave United a 2-1 win at Craven Cottage. It was also a 2-1 win at Old Trafford, as well as a 3-1 win with a couple of sending-offs in the FA Cup as well. United have won three in a row, no losses to Fulham in 17, no clean sheets in five, however. Fulham, obviously, no clean sheets in 17. Uh, and they played these two teams to the over 2.5 in 8 of 9, both teams to score in 5 of 5. United for me, it's not just because I support them, but they're the trickiest team to prognosticate right now when you're looking at the markets because the talent in the side, Jake, it's undeniable and you're waiting for if and when things will click. But so far, it's been abject for the majority, if not the entirety of the season thus thus far. So when you look at a market, I know you haven't favored we will look kindly upon Fulham this campaign, but what do you make of this game, and h- how do you take a look at the markets and come up with a play?
1: Yeah, you've you've nailed it there by just saying that Man United have been a bit of an enigma really this season. You just not know, never know what you're going to get from them, and and that's where I have massive difficulty um, with this game because if you look at Fulham's four home matches, they played Sheffield United, Luton, Brentford, and Chelsea. So they played two teams that you'd expect to be in probably the bottom two. And two teams you'd expect to be a top half team. They've lost to the two top half teams and they've beaten the two bo- like relegation teams. Where do United fit in that category? I'm not saying they're going to get relegated. They're not that bad, but uh, you know, do they, do they sit middle of the pile? Like would I personally would rate Brentford marginally higher than United this stage of the season? I would, um, I,
0: I'd say I'd probably put them in a very similar category as I'd put Chelsea in. To be yeah. honest with you, D- different teams, different strengths, different weaknesses. But probably that it, them in terms of relative strength. I don't know if you agree with that.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I I probably would give Chelsea a marginal edge because I think they've got a bit yeah. of a better squad to pick from in terms of players. Um, but yeah, they're they're in and around that. And as I said, I think Brentford are probably a better team than United at this at this stage. I know United beat them with two Tomany <laughs> goals very late, but yeah. you know that that was. Smash and grab, if anything. Um, so yeah, it's just a case of how, wh- where do I see them fitting in? I think Fulham will be a team that do beat the lesser sides when they play at home, but will get, um, beaten quite comfortably against the better teams. I don't think United are one of the better teams. Um, but again, I don't have that trust in Fulham to, to take them with a handicap. So instead, I was just looking at the goal line and I thought it's, it actually has moved. It was, the bet was going to be under two and a half goals. Um, but it, it's actually moved to give us an extra quarter of a goal. So the market's seen, goals I'm seeing the opposite um and I'm quite happy to to take that stance it's minus 118 currently it's going to be a full unit play for me um and yeah it's based around a lot of different issues mainly the fact that we've got two really poor attacking teams um Fulham only Burnley and Sheffield United have generated fewer expected goals for per game than Fulham this season 1.11 um and if you know if there's anything to kind of encapsulate their attacking issues it's the fact that they're Leading goal scorer this season is Jao Polina, who's got two goals, um, tied with Bobby Decker. Over Reed, everyone else has got one. They they just they don't have that focal point. They don't have that finish since Mitrovic left. Um, and on the flip side, Manchester United are just like they they are just lacking so much confidence, so much creativity. Um, they're probably lacking that stable defense and midfield that can allow those front players to flourish, and it means that they've just they've just struggled you know last seven games they've generated just one expected goal for per game Um, and yeah the, the only kind of small bit of hope for United is that they've looked okay defensively in in six uh in the six matches that they've played against teams that aren't in the current top seven so Fulham obviously will fit that bill it's just a case of I don't know I, I see it being a grind I could see this being a, a similar performance to what we saw Man United do at Burnley where they just went there kind of Edged out a very ugly one yep. nil, um, and yet, as you mentioned at the top of the show, Fulham' their defensive effort against Brighton is that deserves some plaudits. To limit that attacking team to less than one and a half xg is very impressive. And and you know, let's not forget they, they limited Spurs as well to just one point six xg. Another high flying attack. So they have got that in the locker now, which they didn't last season. Uh, they look a little bit more solid at the back. So unders for me.
0: And uh, Palenius key to all of that. I I, I like that bet. It's it's not the bet I'm going to make. I think that some of the problems that United have be uh, have had are exacerbated by the poor form of the two best players, Bruno Fernandez and Marcus Rashford have been a million miles off the mark. They have to come good at some point. I, we're recording this before their Carabao Cup game against Newcastle on Wednesday. I doubt either one of them will start, to be honest with you. Garnacho deserves a start. There might be some changes. and Maybe that will do them some good uh, coming back on the weekend. I just look at these two sides, and United are the better players. They're the better team on paper. They just need to put it into pract- practice. And if you're going to give me a plus number for United to go out and win this game, against guess the team they typically win games against, I know it's not always pretty, but ten Hawks football has been good against the teams below them. They're eighth place, so... You know, it's just half the league. Uh, Fulham's one of those teams that's below them. So give me United to win this one outright at plus 108. I mean, they have to win this game, don't they, Jake? All eyes, all the all the pressures on United going to this game, they have to win this.
1: It, it does feel like that. <laughs> Even at this earlier stage of the season, it does feel like a bit of a must-win game, just because they are going to get cut adrift of, of the rest of the team. And, you know, at the start of the season, obviously their ambition was probably... Content for the title. Now it is simply qualify for the Champions League because you're seeing, you know, Spurs have improved vastly. Arsenal, City Liverpool are still there. Villa look like head and shoulders clear of Man United at the moment in time. And, and Brighton, we know what they're capable of on the day. So they're in a real scrap just to finish in the Champions League places once again, which no one would have thought given the summer they had, the optimism heading into the season. But, um, yeah, it's just, it is one of those. It just seems to be a revolving door, doesn't it? It's, Finish high in the league, or new manager, finish high in the league. Everyone thinks it's gonna go well. Next following season, takes a little bit of a nose dive, sack the manager, get a new manager. It just seems to be happening again and again. Mourinho, Solskjaer and now Ten so um yeah. Well we'll dig in
0: into it for next week, but this seriously reminds me of Liverpool taking a step back after playing so many games this season before. I feel like a similar story's uh playing out this time and is worthwhile to do a little bit more of a deep dive into. Let's move this forward to another Saturday fixture. It's 15th place Everton taking on 7th place Brighton. Really like the looks of this fixture on paper. But Everton coming off a 1-0 victory. Hard fought, well played um, victory over West Ham. Calvert-Lewin with a good goal in that game. Everton have actually won four of the last six in all competition. Uh, both teams to score have played in five of six. However, they're 1-0-4 at home. But their expected goals tells a completely different story. 11.59 to just 6.28 in expected goals against. But they've only scored four goals in those five games at home. But they've only conceded five over the course of those games as well. Everton, a very curious team to start the season. They do play in the Carabao Cup against Burnley on Wednesday. And Ashley Young returns from suspension for this one. Brighton, an unusual, disappointed me, but that's okay. Once in a while, it it happens. A 1-1 draw against Fulham, their first under game of this Premier League season. And now they haven't won a game in their last four in the Premier League either. They still have scored in every Premier League game thus far this season. They're a top five team in terms of expected goals. They're also fifth worst in terms of goals conceded. 2-0 and 2 away from home with 9 goals scored and 10 conceded. No midweek fixture is something that you need to keep in mind. Uh, Lamptey close to returning and may do so this weekend. Well, back in March are out long-term. Head-to-head, Brighton won 4-1 at Goodison Park. But remember at the end of last season, Everton smashed Brighton 5-1 at the Amex. Everton no clean sheets in three against Brighton. And Brighton haven't had a clean sheet in their last four against Everton. Uh, really compelling game here. I think there's a number of different ways that you can take this. So which way
1: will you take it, Jake? Um I will be taking it sat down, not having a bet on this one. Um Ooh, okay. Yeah, I Brighton are just they're they're a, a confusing me at the moment. Um they're a little bit like Manchester United just really struggling to peg where they are at at the moment. But, um you know, two weeks now that they've they've uh yeah, let, let me down. Obviously, last week was on the handicap. I needed them to at least win that game against Fulham and, and they didn't really show up from an attacking perspective. But the week before was uh, the goals bet against Manchester City, which was the first time. They'd not gone over three and a half goals. Um, I do just wonder if it sounds kind of counterintuitive because Deserve's is generally a manager that sticks to his principles, but I do just wonder if he's just taken a look at that defence and thought, we are a bit too loose here. We can't. Like compete with these bigger teams across a full season with a defence that's conceding nearly two expected goals against um, per game. So I do wonder if he's just try- just tightened them up a little bit. And obviously you've got the schedule, um, the fact that they're playing midweek Europa League, the fact that he's tinkered with his team more than any manager so far this season from a game-to-game basis. Just find it really difficult to put my finger on what they're going to be on a week-to-week uh, basis. And it's probably the opposite with Everton. I've got more confidence in what I'm going to get from Everton um, they're improving. They look a much better team. They've got a focal point. I think it kind of turned when Beto came in, and now obviously Calvert-Lewin is back to fitness. So I do think that they could potentially cause what would be an upset looking at these odds. But um, yeah, I have too many question marks around Brighton. Um, I, I don't know enough of what I'm going to see from them this weekend. So I'm, I'm going to leave this one alone. Do you have a play in this? I'm, I'm going to make two bets on this game. Uh, two full full unit plays. Wow.
0: Um, I think one of the reasons for that unpredictability, unpredictability in the rotation, the Brighton uh, squad is that they've been playing European football. It's completely something new for this group and team. No midweek fixture while Everton does have a, have, have a midweek game where there's an opportunity to, to advance deep in a competition. I think Sean Deitch will. Take it seriously against Burnley on 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 Wednesday. So give me Brighton to win this outright at a good number at plus one twenty. The other play that I'm making, I'm betting over three at minus one ten. The XG numbers like. This isn't Sean Dyche defensive or typical Everton defensive football. Like 11.59 XG in five home games. That's a big number for this side. And they've been a really attack-minded team. They still had chances against West Ham United um, last weekend. Once they took the one-goal lead, they kind of sat back and and stayed well-organized. Brathwaite's been great. Tarkowski's been great. But I still think this is a team that can really threaten this Brighton side going forward, especially playing at home at Goodison Park. And Brighton's underlying numbers, they, they, they tell the story about how attack-minded they are. And again, just the one under this season uh, uh, as a team, I think this is a good place for them to bounce back with a week off between. So Brighton at plus 120 and over three at minus 110. I'm not sure if you have any reaction or anything
1: to add. Um, no, not particularly. I do, I do agree with you that the midweek fixture is another kind of caveat or wrinkle to, to consider when looking at this game because it will have a massive effect you know Evan have a very winnable home game in that Carabao Cup Yeah, like you said to get to the quarterfinals, finals and um, yeah it's just a case of how strong he goes there and they don't really have the deepest of squads either um, so yeah I, I do just wonder about the style of play clash in this one As we saw the back in the last season at, at the Amex where Everton just sat back and counterattacked, it's absolutely shredded Brighton um, but yeah, I, if I if I was going to make a play, it would be looking at goals, a pro goals bet. That would be the way I'd be looking. But um, yeah. All right. Uh, Best uh, of luck. 4-1, 5-1 last year. I'm all in on Brighton.
0: They're my sweetheart side. Uh, they were last season, and I see no reason to change my ways, which have been very profitable thus far. Really good game to finish off the fixture list on Saturday. Sixth place Newcastle, second place arsenal newcastle a 2-2 draw at wolves a 2.32 xg in that game callum wilson brace they thought they had the points they did not they had to settle for one in that game still no losses in six in the premier league over two and a half in four or five for newcastle they've been the first to score in six of eight four clean sheets in their last six and all the other games ended two two I'll remind you of that numbers. They have four clean sheets in their last six games, and the other two games finished 2-2. They play Manchester United on Wednesday in the Carabao Cup. Still the best XG through 10, uh, being a full expected goal better than Liverpool at this point. They have the joint most goals in the Premier League with Aston Villa at 26, but they also have the third best expected goals against. Newcastle also excellent at home, 4-0-1 with 13 goals scored three against and the second best home expected goals Uh, a longer list however of players who are unavailable Tenali through suspension injuries have reared their ugly heads Um, barnes murphy anderson Bottman, isak one of the most recent casualties for arsenal it was a walk in the park a 5-0 victory over sheffield united eddie and Kedia with the hat trick in that game no shots on target given up by Arsenal in that one. No losses in four for Arsenal. They've gone over two and a half in five of six. They've been the first to score in eight of nine. And what did I tell you about Newcastle? Well, Arsenal have four clean sheets in their last six games and the other two games ended in a 2-2 final, just like Newcastle. I love when the numbers provide that kind of uh, results or outcome eight goals conceded is the second fewest in the Premier League and they have the second best expected goals against They have the best away expected goals um, and this team has been exceptionally good in terms of goals conceded just two away from home and a 3.72 XGA in four away games they do play West Ham it's the Declan Rice Derby on Wednesday in the Carabao Cup Jesus remains out long term. Is it too soon to call it the Rice Derby? Rice, Rice Baby? Uh, we'll see. I don't know. I'll let Jake decide on that one. Head-to-head Arsenal 2-0 victory in the fixture last season. And a dire goalless draw was played at the Emirates. Under two and a half in five of five. Uh, which one of these sides is going to take a step forward this weekend? Big opportunity for both, both with midweek fixtures, two really solid squads. I'm curious to see which direction you're going to go on this one
1: yeah uh i, I again this is um it's one of those where i'm very sweet on newcastle as a long term prospect but i think there's some juice in arsenal's price to get a result um obviously we're getting the draw no bet is a backable price and that's the bet i'm going to be taking for arsenal at minus 123 uh yeah newcastle have stung me a few times now this season um <clears throat> and i think the yeah, the, the prices that we're seeing about Arsenal probably don't really reflect their quality um just yet because you know for example if Manchester City were going to play Newcastle away from home they won't be at plus 152 to win the game and i think Arsenal at that at, at that level uh, same as Manchester City um i'd probably have them closer to maybe plus 120 to go up to Newcastle and win just purely because of their away form which is sensational they've won 4 of their um 6 away games so far this season in all competitions They've won 15 of the last 23 away Premier League matches, including at St. James's Park last season. Um, and yeah, they've all, you know, they've already been to some tough places this season and made real statements. You know, Crystal Palace is a tough place to go and visit away at Everton's always a difficult game for us. So they went there and managed to get the victory. I, I just think that they're very well built and set up now to be able to deal with these kind of tough tests. And, and yeah, you mentioned they are the long list of, of key players for Newcastle that are missing. It's basically the spine of the team. Yeah. Isn't it? Botman, Tonali and Isak. Um, and I know I've, I've said it quite a lot that Newcastle's got good squad depth, but you're talking about key players there. And I know Lascelles has been doing a good job at centre half. He's not Botman. Wilson comes in and scores goals, but he doesn't give you what Isak does in an all-round play. Uh, and obviously they don't have a Tonali replacement. He's been, he's been brought, he's been brilliant, hasn't he? Um, and you know, probably just under the radar, but Jacob Murphy's out as well. Um, yeah. He's been a really, really good squad player for them. It's been able to you know, give something different on that right hand side to Almiron. So, um, yeah, the, the, that, those are the reasons why I like Arsenal. I know I've mentioned it on previous pods about Newcastle's home record, which is also phenomenal. Um, their underlying process, which is also phenomenal, but it, you know they, they've lost. I think they've lost three home games um, since the start of last season. Two of them to Liverpool, one to Arsenal. So generally, when the big teams turn up they get they get the job done on Newcastle. Um, and yeah, like you said, both teams playing away in midweek. Newcastle have to travel to Manchester, Arsenal round the corner at West Ham. And then if you do want to look ahead, which I know both teams won't, but Arsenal have got a home game against Sevilla in midweek, a, a group game in which they're very much in control of that group. Newcastle go to Dortmund, which is basically win or bust, I think for them and their chances of, of maybe getting a, a, out of that group. So, yeah the, the it's going to be interesting to see how how ro- t- how 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 rotates his squad <laughs> um for for these next three games because there's a you know, massive game in the Carabao Cup as well so yeah I think all all those definitely have me leaning towards Arsenal I think Arsenal their strength and depth is very good now they've got injury the players that they're back Almol Smith Rowe come back into the into the fold after a long injury he adds a nice dimension obviously Vieira's fit again um so yeah I, I'm taking a pro Arsenal stance which I think I've done quite a lot this season. I didn't think I would Is this do. going
0: to be an, an Arsenal outright win, or are you playing them on the handicap?
1: I'm going to play them on the handicap because of the, what you mentioned before. That do you want to go both the teams, Asian the last six,
0: This stream's a yeah. minus 0. 0.25 at plus 116. Is that what you're angling for?
1: Um, I am taking plus plus 0. I'm taking the okay. draw no bet. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. And for the reason you said before, both teams have won four of the last six. The other two have been draws. I, I could easily see this ending in a, in a bit of a draw. I'd like that security. And, and the price is still big. So, um yeah, that's me. I'm taking Arsenal.
0: All right. Um For a lot of the same, same reasons as you said, uh I'm playing the under. <laughs> I, just, I just think it's a game that it'll play out kind of like last season. I think that both teams will try to avoid a loss in this game based upon difficult. Like, I, I know it's it's at West Ham. It's right around the corner for Arsenal. Not an easy game with the with the Declan Rice like kind of storyline hanging over top of it. Newcastle at Manchester United, a little bit of a de- depleted squad. I think Eddie Howe will be content to maybe sit back a little bit more and manage the game. The, the third best Newcastle, the third best expected goals against in the Premier League, only conceded three goals in five. At home, I, I dealt with the Arsenal, um, statistics away. They've just conceded two goals away from home in four and don't give up many chances. And when Arteta wants to make sure that the team plays more within itself, they absolutely do that. And I think they're, they're, they're very capable. This number actually moved in the right direction. Earlier this morning, when I checked, uh, I had it under two and a half at minus 112. It's actually moved out to minus 110. So, I'll nip and tuck here. And if it continues to move in that direction, you as the listener, the viewer out there, maybe wait and see. People love to bet on the over in these big fixtures, but I think that this one screams the under. So under, that's what we're going to roll with this one. Uh, any final thoughts?
1: No, I, I definitely will be leaning towards it being a low scoring game, looking at Arsenal's recent away trips. So yeah, let's hope for like a. One nil Arsenal, one nil to the Arsenal. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, uh,
0: very possible that that could be the outcome in this one. On to Sunday, it's 16th place, Nottingham Forest, taking on fifth place, Aston Villa, a team very much in the ascendancy. Nottingham Forest, a three nil loss at Anfield. But to be fair, who doesn't lose at Anfield? Just 27% <laughs> possession in that game, one shot on target. Uh, no wins in six for Nottingham Forest, but four draws over that span and the losses did come against Man City and Liverpool. So it, things aren't that bad for Nottingham Forest right now. They have played to the under two and a half in six of their last eight. They do have, and this is the biggest difference between last season, they have the fourth lowest expected goals. They're just not creating chances. They have not lost at home, however. One win, three draws, and they have the third best home expected goals against. Uh, Chris Wood joins those injured, but Danilo uh, is closing in on return. For Aston Villa, a 3-1 win over Luton Town and a 3.08 XG, which played into my Aston Villa over two and a half goal total last week. Well done, the Villa. Uh, three wins in a row, no losses in six. Um, Four, however, without a clean sheet for Aston Villa. Over two and a half in five of seven. Both teams to score has played in six of seven. And they've been the first to score in five of six. 19 goals in their last six games in all competitions. They are firing Ollie Watkins front and center in that. 26 goals in the Premier League, joint most with Newcastle. Fourth best in terms of expected goals. Is this actually Aston Villa we're speaking of here? Because, (laughs) wow, they've really turned the page this year. They are two one and two away from home. Just six goals scored and ten against. They've been doing a lot of their damage at Villa Park, with an away XG of seven point eight nine and the expected goals against away from home ten point six four. Courtesy of our friends at Understat. Head to head, it was one one in this fixture last season in a two 0 win away for Villa. Uh, Villa haven't lost in their last six. Nottingham Forest no clean sheet against Aston Villa in eleven. Both teams have scored has played in seven of nine. Uh, So here we are, Aston Villa, their home form, kind of have a little bit of that Liverpool home swagger to them. But what about away from home? This is a difficult travel place where Nottingham Forest really stayed in the Premier League by coming away with results on their home field last season. Can they do it against Aston Villa? Or is Villa's form right now just simply too good for Nottingham Forest to
1: compete with? Um. The latter for me, I'm I'm taking Villa. I think the the price we're getting at the moment, minus one thirteen, is is a slice of value. Um you know, people look at the home league table, we'll see Forrester unbeaten um across the four home matches. They played Sheffield United, Burnley, Luton and Brentford. So they played the three promoted teams, played Brentford, drew one one, and they were very fortunate to draw that game, according to the underlying data, 0.8 XG to one point eight in Brentford's favour. So they've they've had the easiest home schedule to open of any team in the league. Um, and I, I, again, like Villa away from home, you talk about their underlying data there, the fact that they've conceded so many chances, but 2.7 XG came against Liverpool, 4.3 XG came against Newcastle, uh, and then the other away games, they barely conceded a chance. Burnley managed just 0.6, Chelsea at 1.2, Wolves at 1.5. So... Yeah I'm I'm happy to ride with Villa. Um the other thing that I really like heading into this game is that they've had a free week. They got knocked out of the Carabao last time in the last round. Um so they've they should be very fresh for this. Um and yeah I think they are in that tier now of contending for the top 4 or top 5 or whatever is going to get you in the Champions League next season. They've um you yeah, they've had a fairly kindish schedule recently we have some very winnable games especially at home but they've made light work of it they've generated 2.1 expected goals for per game and I just think they're going to have not not so not a field day but I just think they're going to create too many chances for Forest on Saturday on Sunday and yeah I'm I'm making a one and a half unit play on Villa to get the victory um and yeah that that price has just moved out a little bit we're at minus 112 now so yeah I uh I I like it I think Villa are going to they're going to show everybody. This is the kind of game where people will look at and say, it's a bit of a banana skin going to forest. I think this yep. is a game they show up and they'll be like, and you know what? I had a funny feeling. Um, you, I could be wrong here, but I have a feeling that you're going to make this a head to head. So I've I'm, already kind of half jotted it down in my Excel spreadsheet. I am. I am
0: not making this a head to head. That Villa number was screaming out to me, bet me Wheeler. Just, just bet me, oh. bet me <laughs> because they've been so good. I, it could be a banana skin. That's why, I'm staying away from that. I like the under in this one. Under 2.75. Uh, I locked it at minus 104. It's moved out to minus 108. A little bit interesting for me. Because Nottingham Forest can't afford to just go in and play, you know, go blow for blow against this team. Because they really miss Brennan. They have some injuries in their attack right now. So I, I, I think that they need to play. like Their model is playing the type of game that they played against Chelsea. They won at Stamford Bridge 1-0, but they're a better side at home. They're stubborn, and they've been difficult to break down this season. They have the fourth best expected goals against at home in the Premier League thus far this season. That's a good number for a team that's yeah. like a bottom half of the table team, and they haven't been beat at home as well. Like, look, if I was to make a play on the result, I would play that Aston Villa at minus 112, no problem. But I just like the under in this one, under 2.75 at minus 104. Villa doesn't play midweek, but neither does Forrest. So let's see how it plays out. I, I kind of like the unders this week for a lot of different reasons, other than Brighton, of course, uh, and this is one of them as well. So, yeah, full unit play for me.
1: Yeah, I am um, like like I said before that that Forest home record is a massive pinch of salt for me. If anything, it's a, it's a huge problem. The fact that they've played the three promoted teams plus Brentford and they've won only once. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they, they've not conceded chances, but. You, 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 like I said, you've played against the bottom Sheffield United-Burnley. They prop up the table in terms of XG. Luton have done most of their damage at home when it comes to creating chances. Um, so, yeah, I, I I just think that, that home record of Forrest is context. a little bit false at the moment. Yeah,
0: That's fair. But, I, again, I go back to last season and they were still very good at home. So this will be their first real big test uh, playing at home on the season. And we'll see how it plays out. I don't care if Villa wins. Yeah. Just, just make it 1-0, 2-0, and I'm a happy man. So uh, all good for me. Uh, let's move on. Um, if Newcastle Arsenal isn't the fixture of the weekend, this certainly is. It's Monday night football. It's top of the table Spurs taking on 11th place Chelsea. Spurs, another game, another win, 2-1 over Crystal Palace. Sun scored a goal. He is now has five goals in his last five games, 76% possession in that game against Palace, but they're actually outshot in that game, but they did edge, edge the XG in it, but it was still under one Spurs four wins in a row, no losses in seven, both teams to score in six of eight over two and a half in five of seven. They're eight, two and oh, they're still two points better than city and Arsenal on the season. Four wins from four at home and only two goals conceded. But their expected point total is just 8.04 at home. So they're punching above their weight. Benton Kerr returned as a very late substitute last time out against Palace. For Chelsea, a 2-0 home loss to Brentford. They did have 17 shots, but just two found the target. And they gave up a 2.48 expected goals to Brentford in that game. Chelsea had scored two or more in their previous three Premier League games. No clean sheets in three for Chelsea. They played to under two and a half in six of eight. 13 goals on the season, but they do have an XG. Of 19.23, according to Understat. They've only given up four goals on 4.88 expected goals against away this season. Abroja, Mudrik, Enzo all could very well be back by the weekend. They do host Blackburn in the Carabao Cup on Wednesday. But with the time in between, not playing again until Monday, ample time to rest, recover, and do what Mopo whatever he wants, essentially. Head-to-head. Spurs a 2-0 win in this fixture last season, finished 2-2 at the bridge, under 2.5 in 4 of 5 in this, uh, in this matchup, and Chelsea being the first to score in 7 of 8. Is this where Spurs start their trend backwards? Because they've been going in one direction. They're living life under Big Edge. It's been all good. This might be a little bit of a tricky one, considering Chelsea are 11th place, but it still is Chelsea, after all. If they get some of their players back for this game, they could mount a little bit of a challenge, a little bit of a threat to Spurs in this one. What do you make of this?
1: Yeah, they definitely have the tools to be able to cause a few problems for Spurs, but it's just the consistency with Chelsea. We've yeah. just not seen it. Um, you know, We've at least seen it with Spurs, where you know, they've maybe not been as good as they have been in certain games across all the fixtures, but... They've at least found some form of uh, of consistency. And I think the fact that this is away from home for Chelsea is a massive boost because, as I, I mentioned last, uh, last week, their home form and home record which is just shocking this calendar year. They've won just three of 18 now. Um, there was a stat during the rounds that Brentford have actually won more games at Stamford Bridge in the last six months than Chelsea, <laughs> um, which I really enjoyed. So, um, yeah, I think that's definitely in their favour. Um, but I'm taking a goals play. And specifically taking on goals. Um, under 2.75 is where the, the line is currently at, and we're getting even money for that, which I think is huge, huge bet, um, a huge price. It's be, be bigger than I expected, and I think it's, it's bulked up a little bit because people are looking at Spurs' attack and thinking, yeah, they're going to create loads of chances, but Chelsea's defence has been very good. It's been the one sort of consistent marker throughout the campaign. They've allowed just... Uh, 1 point, uh, 1.25 expected goals against per game this season which is actually the fourth best defensive record in the Premier League and um, yeah that, that game against Brentford last week was up until the 88th minute they conceded just 1.1 expected goals uh, they ended up conceding over two which is pretty much all down to two big chances Brentford created as Chelsea were, were chasing the game so um, yeah again pinch of salt around that that XG figure there And Spurs have actually started looking quite solid at the back. They had their issues at the start of the season. They were all over the place. Uh, but they've conceded just 1.1, 0.85, 0.75, and 0.56 expected goals against in the last four. And they're coming up what is against what is a very blunt Chelsea attack. You know, they create decent enough chances, just don't finish them. Um, and I don't think they'll get as many chances in this game as they have done in recent matches. So. Yeah, I'm taking the unders, but I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea did cause a bit of an upset.
0: Uh, yeah, that's why I agree it will be low scoring. And I actually really like that bet of yours. I didn't even consider it because I was looking on the result. And based on the handicap, Chelsea on the handicap at plus 0.25 at plus 103. If it's a draw, you win half your bet. I think Chelsea can win this outright. And I've been kind of looking for a spot at a decent number uh, to bet against Spurs last week. I was on the total r- rather than the result. This is a full unit play on Chelsea. Uh, I think, I think this one could very well end in a draw. If not. Um, a Chelsea upset victory, put Enzo back into to this team the, their midfield's very, very good for this Chelsea side, and I think it'll be a much more difficult task um uh, for for Spurs this week uh playing in this game. I know sentiment is one thing when it comes to these two teams, but I think Chelsea have a real shot in this game on Monday Night football, so Chelsea on the handicap plus point two five at plus one oh three and we'll see how it plays out. so uh anything else before we move on to rapid fire, Jake.
1: No, I I just, I agree with you. I, I definitely would be looking at, um, maybe this being the week where it kind of all falls apart for Spurs and, <laughs> we and keep we do saying that do suffer a defeat.
0: We? we keep saying that. Yeah, don't we?
1: The, yeah, yeah, true. We do. But last week was Crystal Palace and we weren't very high on Crystal Palace's chances of doing that. So, no. um, yeah, they, uh, as we've discussed, that the home results have been good, one four out of four, but they played Sheffield United, needed two very late goals to beat them. Um they were fairly comfortable against a poor Fulham team and then they needed Liverpool to have two men sent off before they could start creating many chances yeah. in that game um, and they could have been 2-0 down at half-time against Manchester United so a lot of things have gone their way to start the season Um and a lot of things have gone against Chelsea so I wonder if this might be a game where balance is kind of restored from both and, and, and they both uh, get a little bit of the other.
0: Mopo's revenge, uh, Pochettino yeah, back yeah. at, so, so we'll see. There's a lot of factors I like for, for Chelsea heading into this game. And like I said, Wednesday to Monday, uh, no problem for a squad like this. Uh, let's move on to Rapid Fire, starting off with Brentford and West Ham. That game is being played on Saturday. Uh, do you have a play in this game?
1: I do, yeah. It's probably my favourite bet of the week. Um, it is Brentford to win at plus 109 and I'm going to go one and a half units on that. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Brentford. I have done all season long as we discussed last week before they played Chelsea. Um Underlying data has been really strong. Performances have been really strong. Just been a little bit unfortunate not to get results. Um And it's been the opposite for West Ham. They've kind of reverted to what you can only describe as last season's West Ham which looks like they're going to be floundering and, and trying to avoid relegation because um yeah, they <sighs> they've just stalled that's the best way to put it the defense looks all over the place they're conceding over 2 expected goals against per game this season the creating issues are starting to pile up as well at just 0.9 xg 0.66 and 0.62 across the last three premier league fixtures and you do have to wonder if the schedule is starting to take a toll on on west ham another team that had a really long season played a lot of football went all the way to the conference league final um they obviously have europa league football trying to deal with. They've got Carabao Cup in midweek. Brentford don't have Carabao Cup in midweek, um, which is also a little bit of a, uh, why I'm leaning towards liking Brentford. I think the price more than anything is 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 huge. And, and Brentford, since the start of last season, they've won 12 of their uh, 25 home games. They've lost just three times, um, generated 1.9 expected goals, four per game uh, in that span. And they've beaten West Ham in all four Premier League meetings since their promotion. So, for whatever reason, they have their number. And I think this is a really good spot for them to continue that, that upward trajectory. There are so many reasons to bet Brentford in this game.
0: Like you said, it West Ham haven't beat Brentford in four. They haven't picked up a clean sheet in five. West Ham plays midweek against Arsenal. Paqueta Alvarez both suspended for this game. But I feel like that is the common sense play and and sometimes I just don't follow common sense. I just I have a hard time <laughs> acknowledging that Brentford is that much better than West Ham in any way, shape, or form. I think this game is draw written all over it. I won't play the draw, but I'll play West Ham on the handicap of plus point two five at plus one oh eight. So I I, I just I think that this line will move even further into Brentford favor. If you're gonna bet Brentford, do it now or as soon as you listen or or, or watch this. And if for wanna back West Ham, I think you might even be able to get a little bit more juice. I think Brentford's good. It just I'm not fully bought in, so give me God West Ham. Sure, head let's call it head to head. To head so, you do it? yeah, yes. let's do it. Let's do it.
1: So, thanks for that that extra head to head victory. I, I wasn't uh, expecting that. I've been uh,
0: <laughs> I've been burnt by West Ham United head to head before this season. Uh, redemption time.
1: Let's put it that way. Yeah, At least, uh, I'll give you West Ham to play. There we go. Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you West Ham plus zero point five for their dead, and I'll <laughs> take Brentford to win. He is being charitable, even. Wow, I'll, I'll yeah. take it.
0: What a guy! I'm going to go to the the sports book, Oscar and Company. It's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to do that. You're
1: four one down.
0: <laughs> I'll stick with Pinnacle. How about that? Uh, yeah. Man City and Bournemouth. Uh, my God, last time Bournemouth went to the Etihad, I think that's <laughs> still scoring goals at least in their dream.
1: (laughs) What do you make of this one? Do you have a play? No bet for me. Um, This is the kind of calm after the storm for Bournemouth, isn't it? They had their big game last week against Burnley. They kind of got their result that they needed. Not expected to get anything from this. Um, But yeah, you don't know if they're going to be competitive. City, Champions League game coming up. Too many question marks. I'm happy to go no bet.
0: Uh, this is my favorite bet of the week. And this number looks like a little bit of a mistake. I had to double, triple, quadruple check it. Both teams have score no and over two and a half at plus 166. That's my play because I think City are going to win this one and win it big. Far too much quality in the City team. They've won 13 straight games over Bournemouth. They've gone over the two and a half total in five of five. Um, and Bournemouth has their backup goalkeeper, Radu playing. Beto is out long-term. I think that Bournemouth won the game, and thankfully they did. I was on backing Bournemouth. It happened in controversial fashion. I didn't really care, to be honest with you, but City, big in this one, 3-4, 5-0. Let's go. At plus 166, that's my favorite bet of the week, taking that to the bank. Uh, Sheffield United and Wolves. I am so, so... So tempted to bet Sheffield United here. Because I'm like, if it's not now, then when? I can't bring myself to do it. So I'm on a no bet. Maybe by the time the weekend comes around, I'll change my tune. Uh do you have a play?
1: Um I have a I have a play written down. Sheffield but United it's got a, go for it. No, it. no, 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 <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Uh, even with my Sheffield Wednesday bias, um, I would happily back United if they were the right bet. This is not the right time, I don't think. Just not trustworthy enough, not good enough. Yeah, the bet I have down, highlighted in yellow as opposed to green, is under two and a half goals at minus one on one. The main reason I was thinking about backing this is because Pedro Neto is out, uh, out. And he has been their main source of creativity. He's at seven assists, which is six more than oh. next best. And he's contributed to 33% of their total expected assists. So you're taking out basically a, a third of their chance generation. Um Yeah, it's just a case of Wolves are generally playing quite an attack round of football under Gary O'Neill, Sheffield United, quite a lot of their games have gone overs. So Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a no bet. I'm gonna leave it as a no bet. Smart. I see it being a two one kind of game. I just have too many question marks. You'd
0: be watching the game through your fingers, to be honest. Like like I it's so hard to back Sheffield United right now. So yeah, I, I'm staying away. In the next game, I am actually backing a team. I'm very surprised I'm backing. It's Burnley Palace. You're backing Burnley, aren't you? I am. Well, on the handicap. So it's a, it's a draw, no bet, zero at plus 103. Again, th- th- there's no good reason. To bet Burnley, other than Olise and and Eze are both back in training for Crystal Palace. Roy Hodgson even said after last week, like, we can't trust our young players. Like, the depth in this squad, they're bringing nothing to the table. He said something along those lines. And even if if Olise and Eze are back available, I don't think that either one of them will start. This game, again, if not now, then when for Burnley playing at home against this Palace side... So Burnley on the handicap could very well end in a draw. You get your money back, but I think they can kick on and come away with a full three points in this one. So Burnley, and I'll be plugging my nose, not watching between between my fingers. I'll be just plugging my nose watching this game.
1: Okay, you're a very brave man. Um, I've got a slightly different play, something that I wouldn't usually dip into, but I'm going to be back in the halftime correct score of 0-0 at plus 163. Um like it. It doesn't take a genius to look through the recent results and see that in ten of Premier League ten Premier League games this season, Crystal Palace have been nil nil at half time in seven of them. So for whatever reason, they just don't create chances or score goals or concede goals um at half time. Uh and yeah, the, the is it is the most winnable home game that they've got to date. Burnley, um, absolutely granted, but they've not shown enough for me to suggest that they can win. And Palace, to be fair to them, their underlying process has been very solid when they played against non-Big Six teams. They've generated 1.4 XG and, and 0.97 expected goals against um, in those matches against the basically the rest of the, of the Premier League this season. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know, I could see this being a very, I was I was tempted by the under, but the the line is at two and a quarter, so it's already really low. Um, and I just thought, what's the next best thing is, is to kind of oppose goals by the half. No goals at half time was around plus 110 and just a bit of extra juice. Throw the nil nil correct score in there if you don't think there's going to be. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just, it's a bit of a rogue bet for me. I don't usually dip into these kind of markets, but I think it's got a bit of a chance. I'm going to go a full unit on that and see how we go. Okay. I, I I actually
0: like the play. I was just seeing what else might be out there in terms of like exact totals. Total goals, zero in this game plus seven sixty four. Yeah. If you want to have a punt in this game, I, I just not many goals between these
1: two teams, so um Let's see on this one.
0: Let's move things forward. We're yeah. almost out of oh, just, time.
1: Sorry, go ahead. Just to add quickly, yeah, the the, the the price has actually drifted. It's 169 now on Pinnacle, plus 169 for that bet. So okay. I'm going to lock in at a slightly bigger price.
0: All right. Um, and finally, Lutontown and Liverpool. Uh, do you have a play in this game?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's not a play that I'm hugely in love with, uh, but I, I think it's probably the best of a bad bunch in this game. Liverpool to win and both teams to score at plus 157. Um, Luton have scored in seven of the 10 league games this season, three or four home games. They've actually generated 1.7 expected goals for per home game this season. Um, they've outcreated Burnley Wolves and West Ham when playing as hosts. And Liverpool generally are just clicking, aren't they? In all, all cylinders, yeah. really, in attack. 2.4 XG is what they're averaging. They are conceding chances though, 1.3 expected goals against. And I still have that nagging doubt about Liverpool trusting them away from home. And the results have picked up. They've had a tough schedule when traveling so far, but they've conceded 1.7 expected goals against per game when traveling. Um, and bit of the icing on the cake, I guess. They've conceded in 19 of the 24 away games in the league since the start of last season. So generally, when Liverpool travel, they concede. They do, but
0: they haven't played a team as poor as Town for me. Uh, have they played Sheffield United away from home? That's bad. Uh both teams, no, not yet. Both teams to score. Straight up, No. At plus 107, that's a big number. Uh, Liverpool won it for me last week. I know it was at home uh, with a win and a clean sheet. Um, I think that they're vastly improved defensively. And without Robertson in the team, they're actually maybe a little bit better defensively. It's a little bit more just well-structured. Their centre-backs have been good. Their midfield's more robust. I just can't see Luton Town scoring in this game. So a little bit of an opposite perspective of you. Both teams have scored no full unit play at plus 107. We both shared our best bets um, of the week. Anything else, anything else to add here, Jake?
1: No, not really. Um, I would just, just a bit of digging for the midweek stuff. I did find it was quite interesting that Newcastle, um, their opposing fullbacks have been carded a hell of a lot. This season for Newcastle. Uh, the opposing right back's been booked in eight of their 14 games across all competitions this season. Opposing left back, six of 14, uh, and both right back and left back in the same game, recording three of 14. So maybe looking at whoever starts for Arsenal um, at right back or left back, getting them to be carded when the lines come up um, was something that I was looking for, for at the weekend. But the prices aren't there yet at the pinnacle.
0: Brilliant to follow along with Jake at Jake Oz on X and myself. At Gareth Wheeler, Gareth.Wheeler on Instagram. Go to Pinnacle.com. Simon Edwards, our good friend. Copa Libertadores time. It's a final preview. Uh It's located in, uh, in our betting resources section right now. Boca Juniors against Fluminense. Um, Boca's Valentin Barco and Andre from Fluminense, both heavily linked to a move to Europe this winter. Should be a brilliant game as they usually are. The Copa Libertadores finals, uh, the preview in the betting resources section of Pinnacle. So that's the week for game week 11. We'll be back for game week 12. One head to head that I'll win this week. Get back into the goods. You need it. Closer to the right side of the ledger. And I'll just continue to make my profit week in, week out. Hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Please subscribe. Please like. Please spread the news to your friends. This is the Premier League betting podcast to listen to. On behalf of Jake, I'm Wheels. This has been EPL Insights presented by Pinnacle.